Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Clyde of Lawrence. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> really good. So, you were born in New York or...? Yeah, I was actually born here in L.A. Oh. And um, I moved to New York when I was maybe like three years old. And I've always kind of bounced back and forth a lot. But definitely I'm a New York mm -hmm. person at heart. And your parents, are your parents originally from L.A. though? or No, my parents are originally from Long Island, right outside of New York City. And they always loved New York. And... Uh, they moved out to LA, but once, you know, they had me, they were like, we want to raise yeah. our, raise our kids in New York. And Gracie was born in New York. Like the rest of my, my the rest of my childhood really happened in New York mm -hmm. once I was like three. And was it for your dad's career doing like film and stuff? Right? Yeah, yeah. He does film. And so, you know, I think for a lot of people in entertainment, music too, but especially film, um, it's easier to, to get your start here in LA because that's where all the action is. Mm -hmm. And I think that he moved out here with that knowledge, but I think his goal was always to make it back to New York, to establish mm -hmm. himself enough that he could go back to New York. And I feel the same way, like I am, I'm a New York person through and through. <laughs> Will there ever be a time in my life when I have to leave New York briefly, maybe, but I would always want to be in New York mm -hmm. at, at my heart. And it was a big part of your life, right, when you started, you started writing music already, like when you were really young with yeah. your dad? Yeah, I, I, I have been writing music since I was extremely young. Crazy, like six or even younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even younger, really. I mean, it wasn't like, it was just always the thing that I loved to do, and Sometimes I wrote things that ended up uh, being, you know, yeah, used in my dad's movies, which is what you're referencing. And mm -hmm. sometimes they were things that didn't, but they were just for fun. And then some of those things even have ended up in Lawrence songs, you know, like there are bits and pieces of Lawrence songs that are pulled from things I wrote when I was super young, mm -hmm. you know. And how was it for the miscongeniality? Like, so you wrote the song, you showed it to your dad, and he showed it to his, like, co-workers, or...? Yeah, I mean, basically they were looking for a song to be the, uh... They were looking for a song to be the fake theme song for this fake pageant, the Miss United States pageant, mm -hmm. which is obviously kind of a fictional pageant based on Miss USA and Miss America um, and they were looking for a theme song based for that pageant um, that they made and um, they had gotten a bunch of submissions and none of them were what they wanted mm. and so they couldn't figure out why and so he asked me um, and I was a little kid, maybe four years old at the time or something. <laughs> what do you think is wrong with these? And I said, oh, well, it should maybe be a little more something like this. So then I kind of played, um, 
I played him a different kind of idea, and he was like, like on oh. the piano? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, you're Just like, like having a moment. Yeah, <laughs> like no, I, so young. I've been playing piano since I was very young. Yeah. yeah, I just kind of played him a different idea on the piano, and I was, yeah, four or five years old at the time. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's much better. That's what it should be. <laughs> and, um, and so that the rest is kind of yeah. history. That's he insane. he had it sent in, and the you know he wrote it. He didn't direct it, but the the people, all the people involved, agreed that it was kind of the best option. That yeah. They had. Were you just always helping him, like after school, like in your free time, or how was it when you were writing for all these film scores? Um, it was kind of just an on and off thing in my life. You know, whenever he was working on a movie, I would always. Uh, lend a hand musically and he's done some movies that specifically involve music so I did a lot of the music for those or some of the music for those um, but overall it's kind of always just been like one of the aspects of my career you know like I have always written music and then I've also written music for his movies and other movies and and now as well you know in addition to the band and everything that I do with the band. Um, I do music for film, I do mm -hmm. score, and I do songs for movies. Sometimes Lawrence does songs for movies. Sometimes we do songs for his movies or score for his movies still. And it's kind of cool how everything can kind of just overlap yeah. like that and just all be part of one larger career. Yeah. And how did you realize that you were, what, the youngest in the songwriters? I don't know. I think my, like, whoever was advising us at the time, whether it be like a lawyer I had or something, just kind of told us that as an offhanded thing that happened. It's, <laughs> it's funny. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. I don't really know exactly what it means, but we keep putting in our bio because people keep asking about <laughs> it. Ultimately, it's like not something I even know that much about. <laughs> And then did you kind of know that you're going to do music your whole life? Like there wasn't really any like, other career? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely it has always been the pretty much main and sole focus. For me, I love a lot of other things. Um, and I think that knowing that music is the thing that I want to do, if anything, has like allowed me to look at other passions and not be concerned about, oh, is this something I could do professionally and more just kind of have fun with it because music has so always obviously been the thing that I feel that I want to do. Mm -hmm. then, do you, then why do you feel like you still need to go to college? Is that something that your parents, like, you had to go to school and everything? No, I think that, like, I think that depending on the circumstances, and you know, obviously... You could ask Gracie about this because it played into her life in a different way in terms of circumstance and timeline than mine. But I think that given, depending on the circumstances, college can actually be a great opportunity for a musician rather than something that hinders it. I think mm -hmm. that people think all the time, like what you're saying, like why would you go to college if you want to go into music and you know that for sure. To me, like, college was an opportunity to meet a lot of great music. Everyone, you know, 
the band is me, Gracie, and six other people, five of whom went to Brown, um, the same college that I went to. Um, and, um, and so, you know, college was an opportunity for me to meet and form a bond with the people that would ultimately be our partners in this band. It was also an opportunity for us to kind of like have a home base and a starting point in our career. If you just dive into New York City or Los Angeles, you are such a small fish in such a big pond. It can be a little bit uh, intimidating. And the opportunity to kind of like build a fan base and build a culture around your music on a college campus is like a really unique experience. Um, and, you know, the people from the college that we went to and the other colleges that we played at in the surrounding areas continue to, like, really be almost like a um, foundation for our fan base. Still, mm -hmm. we travel all over the country and we meet people who saw us back when we were in college, when they were in college. I think that we wouldn't actually be where we are today if not for the work that we did in college to get ourselves going. Mm -hmm. And were you always making music together when, before, like, Lawrence? Um, yeah, I mean, Gracie and I have always been making music together. Mm -hmm. Gracie and I have always been making music together. Um, I think that, like, as kids, it was a little bit more of an informal process. And then mm -hmm. when I went to college, the band at first was actually called the Clyde Lawrence Band. Oh. Um, and Gracie was sort of a frequent guest collaborator, featured guest of the band. And it became very clear very quickly because she was still in high school at the time and mm -hmm. she was just coming up to play the shows with us. It became very clear very quickly that she was not only a very indispensable part of the band, but um, in fact, in many ways, the, the, the most exciting part of the band. And I, I, I have a story that I've told several times, which is uh, I remember Gracie and I talking about the fact that we should change the band to something that kind of like plays a little more into the fact that this is a collaboration between a brother and a sister, which is really what it was. Um, it was just under my name because I was sort of running the band from college and, you know, taking on a lot of that. But there was a time when I was in uh, the library at school and I overheard these girls talking at the table next to me and one of them said, um, oh, are you going to the Clyde Lawrence band show tonight? And the other one was like, oh yeah, totally, I love that band. And then, and then she was like, do you know if Gracie's coming up though? I really prefer, I really prefer the shows when Gracie's coming up. Aww. And that was the moment when I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I already, what I already knew was confirmed, which is that the band musically, like, like branding wise and just overall like we're putting our best foot forward by making it an official collaboration between the two mm -hmm. of us. How did you get your songs out there initially? Like how did people start finding out outside of college? That's a great question. Um, I think like a lot of it was through our live shows. You know, like we mm -hmm. would just play live shows and 
it kind of gained like a snowball effect. Like each show, if there was a hundred people at a show, the next time there was 200 because everyone came back and brought a friend. And it was just kind of a word of mouth thing like that. And then after that, I think that like once the album, our first album, Breakfast, because our first album, Breakfast, came out at a time when we already had a lot of fans coming to shows. Oh, wow. But once the first album came out, it just kind of, it was a true word of mouth thing. It's not really any one thing. There's been a lot of cool sort of more viral things in terms of like we had a video, uh, you know, get hundreds of thousands of views overnight because of some Reddit thing and oh, wow. we had Steph Curry from the Golden State Warriors tweet about us and like some cool little like momentary like shot in the arm things like that but other than that it's really been super um, I don't know what the right word is organic I mm -hmm. think like it's just people telling people people enjoying the band having the song show up in people's discovery playlists on Spotify or YouTube or whatever and people being like yeah I do like this and it's just sort of a word-of-mouth thing mm -hmm. so what happened so after college were you already touring a lot like were you was it your career just doing Lawrence and other music stuff yeah it was definitely our career immediately um, after I graduated that was the same time that Gracie graduated high school mm -hmm. so it presented a good opportunity to sort of go for it um, and we just jumped right into playing some shows doing a little bit of touring but mostly finally working on that first official album you know we mm -hmm. started our first album was called Breakfast and I think that we had our first like jam hang with Eric Krasno, who ended up producing that album, I want to say like three weeks after, three weeks after I graduated college. Oh, so wow. we, we jumped, and, and and I spent like a week in Mexico right after we graduated. So it was really like, got home from from college and like, jumped right into it. Met up with a couple different producers. And like we literally started, we went into the studio and recorded the the basic tracks for breakfast. Literally, like I think six weeks after I graduated. <laughs> so we dive right into mm -hmm. it. Spent the rest of that year, which was 2015, recording, overdubbing, mixing, whatever. And then yeah, by by late winter, early spring 2016, the album came out. We hit the road touring. And that's kind of been that's kind of been the, the the game ever since. How did you meet the people at Warner? Um, we met the people at Warner again, like organically. Like some people knew some people, and like they just got into the right ears, you know. And um, and literally, I mean, we have a manager who's really great, and he knew some people there. But it was one of those things where it was just like a couple people at the same time that knew some people there sent it to them the same way that they probably discover everyone else um but they got wind of it really early you know like they people think there's a misunderstanding about how that happened because we didn't end up signing the deal until maybe eight months after the album came out 
Um, so people think like, oh, that was something we really like worked towards. When really what honestly happened is they discovered the album like pretty early on and we got a first draft of an offer from them um, maybe three weeks after the album came out. Oh, and then wow. it was just months and months of negotiation. Were you shopping around other record labels or was it just kind of with them? Um, I think we were like aware of and continue to be aware of different labels' interests, but at the time, we weren't really, and I don't think we'll ever be particularly focused on like signing a record deal. I think that that's a, I think that that's a bit of a out, um, that's a bit of an old-fashioned way of looking at the music industry, like. And there's a lot of people that still look at it like that, but I think for us it's more just like if a deal comes around and presents itself that seems like the right deal at the right time, then uh, then then we look at it that mm -hmm. way. You know. What are the inspirations behind Living Room? Um, well, I think that like Living Room is kind of like a combination between the influences we already had on breakfast and then injecting some new influences. Um, so I think there's like the broader influences that just inform Lawrence, which is like, you know, I think a heavy dose of Stevie Wonder and Motown, Ray Charles, Carole King, The Beatles, uh, those are a bunch of names. And then a lot of like, big horn-based bands like Chicago, Earth, Wind & Fire, Blood, Sweat & Tears. Um, those are sort of like the basis for Lawrence's sound and what we've carried through the years. Um, and then mixed with some more modern neo-soul stuff, whether it be like D'Angelo, Lauryn Hill. Um, and I think that more recently, we were actually just talking in, in the van about like what our favorite things of the last couple of years have been and I think that there's some of the things that have influenced uh, the new Lawrence material I think that I think that Chance the Rapper had a really big influence on us um, obviously Lawrence is not a hip-hop project by any means <laughs> but I think that some of the ways that Chance combines like gospel soul and like pop and warmth and just puts it all into this like package that feels like really honest warm vulnerable storytelling but like that's brimming with mm. this like drama and like cinematic qualities and it's almost has an element of like yeah like theatricalness to it through its gospel feel and all that like I think that's something that really speaks to us and then I think like there's a group called Brass Tracks that yeah. produced some of their stuff, some of Chance's stuff and a bunch of other awesome stuff that they have of their own. And we listen to a ton of them. There's a guy called PJ Morton who we love um, that's kind of doing like a modern Stevie Wonder sort of vibe and I think it's really cool to see how he's brought a lot of that sound into 2018 but sort of made it his own which from like a mission statement standpoint is 
not dissimilar from what we might be trying to do. Um, I think there's a lot of cool things. I'm trying to think of, oh, Bernhoft. Mm -hmm. Do you know Bernhoft? No. Bernhoft is like this awesome, I don't even know how to describe him. He's like a Scandinavian, like soul pop oh, funk wow. guy, but he does a lot of kind of electronic stuff too. And he's just like a great singer, guitarist, super funky. And we're actually opening for him on the on his entire uh, European tour That's next so month. So we'll be going to Europe mm -hmm. to open for him. But his, he has an EP called Stop, Shut Up, something. I shouted out, stop, shut up, shouted out, I think. And um, we listened to that over and over. <laughs> what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far? Could be in personal life, up to you. That's interesting. I think, you mean like just like generally yeah. biggest challenges? I think that like figuring out, you know, you're asking me like, how do you get people to listen to your music? Mm. You know, I think that like, We've been really lucky, and I guess you could say it's luck or that the music's hopefully good, but like we've been fortunate enough to have um, this snowball effect of people listening to the music, telling the next person, um, and you definitely, it's definitely hard to know whether like what buttons to push, you know what I mean, like you, what, how to maximize that how to get the most people to listen to your music i think what's great is we haven't confronted any challenges with like having to compromise any mm. of our music and we don't intend to so we will always put out exactly the music that we want to and just figuring out how to make sure that we are um servicing that music to like as many people that might enjoy it as possible knowing how to go about doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just like the ultimate question. I mean, people, and, and the challenge of just the fact that it's kind of endless, the, the feeling of like not knowing how to do the next thing, you know? Like there's people that ask me now all the time, hey, I'm trying to get into music or I'm trying to get my music to be heard by more people, how do I do that, asking me for my advice? And I'm like, I can give you my advice, but I'm, I'm turning around asking that same question to the next guy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and although I may look up to them and where they're at, they're, they're turning around asking that to <laughs> their people or whoever, you know, unless you're like Paul McCartney, you're always gonna be kinda like, Huh, am I like, am I doing this to my fullest, you know, thing? You know, that's, mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting challenge. Yeah. Of just like knowing where to place yourself in like the arc of your own career. Mm -hmm. Last question, what do you want Lawrence to be remembered for? That's a great question. I think that like, I'm not really sure yet because hopefully we've only done a small, Hopefully some of the things that we have already done will be remembered, but hopefully of all the things that we do that will hopefully be remembered, we've only done a small percentage so far, so it's hard for me to say exactly, but more broadly, I hope that people think of Lawrence as a, as a band that 
puts out songs that feel real and honest and that are certainly really fun and happy and brimming with excitement and energy but that at the end of the day the music is about storytelling and you know I think that that is really important to me and I think that like coming to a show or listening to our album that in doing that you're actually like hearing real stories and feeling like you're getting to know real people because that's exactly what we are you know that's what I want people to take away from listening to Lawrence record or coming to a Lawrence show and that's what I hope people continue yeah. to remember. I love us. This. this is awesome. Thank you so much. No problem. I'm here with Gracie of Lawrence. Hi. <laughs> so your mom's a dance teacher, right? Yeah, she did is. You, did you pick up some of like, did she teach you like dance and stuff? And um, It's funny. I think that like as a kid, you kind of resist a little <laughs> bit like the, the thing that your parent might be like supremely good at. Mm -hmm. So... I I always really liked dance and it was something my mom and I bonded over but I never wanted to necessarily like study it mm -hmm. um, and I also think that's sort of a product of like as I got older I realized that my interest in the arts and my like maybe natural abilities lent more in the directions of like music and acting mm. rather than dance. But you did like ice skating, right? I did, yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I did. Were you competitive? I, I was. Oh, wow. I, I skated for like five years um, competitively, but I never like enjoyed the competitions. I think I always like would get really stressed out mm. by competing because I think, you know, when you're a kid and you're kind of trying out different hobbies, like you might not take it as seriously as you do other things. So for me, like, it became apparent after ice skating for five years, you know, I took an acting class and I started doing music and I was like, hmm, I feel like ice skating falls more on the side of being a hobby than mm. being a genuine professional pursuit for me. <laughs> um, but I loved it. It yeah. was like a fun, it was a fun thing to do mm -hmm. when I was younger. And you had a piano in the house, right? Did you have lessons or, yeah, or a we, keyboard? Um, yeah, we've always had like a, a piano in our house. I took some lessons, but like very like few. And um, I took guitar lessons also with like the same person. We mm -hmm. would we all like took lessons with Nick Scarum, who became a very close family friend of ours. Um, but no, I mean, even for singing, I never really studied music in a professional mm -hmm. or like intense capacity. I think a lot of it I figured out on my own and also sort of learned by osmosis and by actually being taught by Clyde. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How do you describe your personality back then growing up? When I was younger? Yeah. Um, exactly the same as it is now, <laughs> which, um, I, I don't know how I would describe my personality. Obnoxious and, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I've always been very performative, like, not actually as, as a human being, but as, like, I can very easily go from being sort of introverted to being very extroverted because I think that I always knew I wanted to be a performer and even though like in my personal life I wouldn't say that I'm like bouncing off the walls I think that like 
I can very easily access that side of myself and have always been able to when presented with the opportunity to like perform for mm -hmm. people. At what age did you start acting? I started acting when I was like seven. I started taking acting classes um, at the Strasburg Institute in New York, which was like a pretty intense place to start acting. Mm -hmm. um, because it wasn't like, we're gonna like play pretend and like acting is about like, you know, having fun. It was like, we're gonna do sense memory for like an hour oh and gosh. you're gonna access these horrific sort of fears of, that you have. And I, we were all like seven. I was like, what is going on? Um, so I think I was introduced to it in a pretty intense way, but that, that even didn't, that didn't dissuade me from enjoying it. So I think that was sort of a sign for me, like, okay, even being introduced to it as a kid in a really intense capacity, like, I still enjoy this. Um, and then I started doing it sort of professionally when I was like 10. I got an agent and oh, wow. started like auditioning for things. Mm -hmm. um, was that difficult or did it come easy to you? Um, acting in general? Yeah. I think that it's always going to be sort of difficult when you uh, do like any art professionally. I wouldn't say any of it is easy, but I think it came more naturally to me than like almost anything else in oh, my wow. life. <laughs> like I had an easier time acting, you know, cool and acting funny and acting whatever than like being that <laughs> in real life. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I've always been very, like, observant of mannerisms and mm. behavior. And so that's, I guess, what naturally led me to, like, want to act. Because I would just be, like, very, like, taking in all this yeah. information about people. Were you taking time off school to act, or...? Yeah, I was. It's, it's kind of interesting, like, when I was younger, I took off a lot of time from school to be, um like on Broadway and to do like small movie roles and then when I was in high school I didn't formally take off school but I would basically like be gone from high school most Fridays mm -hmm. because I would go up to Brown where Clyde and the rest of our band was and play shows with them for the whole weekend so I was kind of taking off school without permission <laughs> for like a lot of my high school experience. Mm -hmm. What were your favorite subjects in high school? Um, I always loved English. That was like my favorite always because mm -hmm. I really like reading and I really like writing and to me like even though like you know writing essays is not the same as anything I'm doing professionally it sort of is all the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, most songs are like, you could find the thesis statement of that song in the chorus, and you could find, you know, your body paragraphs in the verses, and you could, I think I just understood that way of like discussing a topic, that like it felt, I could, I could analyze a book the way I could analyze my own feelings for a song or songwriting, so it, it felt weirdly applicable to my dreams and interests. Mm -hmm. What are your favorite books or authors? 
Well, that's a really good question. I'm like really obsessed with short stories. Mm -hmm. um, I got really into like Salinger short stories um, when I was younger. Like uh, I was really into um, Perfect Day for Banana Fish. That was like my favorite short story and it's very weird, but um, yeah. <laughs> And did you already know from the onset that you like had this voice for singing? Were you writing songs and everything and recording? Yeah, I, I knew from a very young age that I had a voice that was sort of like... I don't even know if I knew that it was good, but I knew that it was like unusual or different from how my friends were singing. Like, mm. I could tell that we would play like American Idol when we were, yeah. you know, in first grade on like you know, at the playground or whatever. And I could tell that just like the way that I was trying to sing and the things that I was going for and like even the creative choices I was making singing wise, even though I hadn't fully found necessarily my like artistic voice, mm -hmm. they were different than what my friends were doing, which was singing the song or whatever, you know, like, I like took it more seriously and as a result I mean I'd like to think that my voice was already somewhat good but it was probably also just that I was like I cared a lot about it and I would always win American Idol. Oh, of course <laughs> you're so good. First grade. <laughs> it was a big point of pride oh. for me. Yeah. And were you recording yourself? Like did you have like a solo kind of career before Lauren? So I really I think that's where Clyde and I are a little different like I think he knew he wanted to be a songwriter from a really really young age and I always knew I wanted to be a performer in some way I think it's why I did a lot of acting and still do and did a lot of singing at school functions and mm. did a lot of ice skating or you know whatever like it was all kind of just a means to perform for people and so I think that the idea of songwriting kind of came later to me where I realized that I, it, you know, both just because I realized it myself, but also because I saw it was something that Clyde was so naturally good at and something that he really loved and obsessed over. I kind of tried my own, um, my own hand at songwriting, and um, that was that was later on though. That was probably when I was when I say later, like middle school, high school. Mm. Instead of being like so little and being like, I know I want to write songs. I think I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, I sing already very seriously. <laughs> so I should try to, like, write the things that I'm going to be singing. Um, but I think it's kind of cool that, for me, like, I always knew I wanted to be a performer, and I found songwriting later. And for Clyde, he always wanted to be a songwriter and wasn't sure if he oh, even yeah. wanted to be a performer. That is cool. But then he kind of grew into the role of performer. So we've kind of met in the middle where... We'll always have sort of like our first loves, but have found a way to like work together and sort of pick up the other person's original skills too. Mm -hmm. Does it ever feel, not like weird, but being so vulnerable with your own like sibling? Sometimes I feel like sharing like all my thoughts like with yeah. my brother, I'm like... <laughs> no, definitely, that's a funny question. Um, I think it's only weird if I actually don't think it's that weird. Mm -hmm. I like, I, I'm, I think that we're really honest with each other mm, about our own experiences and our lives. And even if we weren't making music together, like, I think that 
we would rely on each other for that sort of advice. I know that like when I'm upset or I'm in a crisis or about whether that be about a relationship in my own life or that be something work related or whatever, like I, I turn to Clyde and I think that it's just so easy then and so natural that like if we're writing about, you know, if we're writing a love song, like, and we each have a verse to talk about our own experience, and in that, I should say love song in quotes, because I don't think we've ever really written, like, a proper love song. <laughs> um, but, you know, if we're writing about a hard sort of, like, theme in a relationship, and we've, it's something we've both experienced, I think we're able to, like, help each other with the lyrics, because we're so acquainted with each other's experiences, and... Um, because we've always been so honest with each other. So I don't think it's, it's that weird. I mean, the other way to look at it is like, I'm being vulnerable with like everyone else who's listening to True. music. So I guess, um, you know, it's, it's just another person who I'm even closer to that I'm, I'm being vulnerable Yeah. Towards. And then what was the next step after you graduated high school? Did you go straight to college? No, so I took a gap year right when I graduated high school, which was also the same year that Clyde graduated college. We're four years apart, so he graduated college, I graduated high school. We had already been playing music together for all of his college experience and all of my high school experience, and honestly years before that, just the two of us. Um, but we'd already sort of built this band, so um, we kind of graduated from our respective schools and just were ready to go and kind of do music professionally, which was really cool. Um, I actually did end up going to college for a year, mm -hmm. um, sort of, <laughs> um, but that was after my gap year, um, and the band had already been touring oh. and was established, so. So you didn't really have a major in mind at that point? You were still undecided? Oh, I mean, I never took college seriously enough, unfortunately, to like really consider what a major would be for me <laughs> because I never thought it would actually relate necessarily to like, like I didn't really care about graduating or, which sounds, you know, so obnoxious, but I just knew what I wanted to be doing and I had already been on the path to be doing it. Um, and if anything, college was a really fun and educational experience but like in terms of a career actually an impediment <laughs> so I don't think I ever considered like what do I want to major in to kind of advance my life I was like what do I want to major in that's sort of like I could manage while pursuing my actual goals mm. um, so I guess I, if it was based on my interests, I would have majored in, you know, drama or English or um, something art-related. Um, but I never even got that far in school mm -hmm. to have to worry about it because I just <laughs> was like, this is way too much for me to handle mm -hmm. going to school and having a full-time career. And were your parents chill with you not completing college? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the perk of having parents who <laughs> who are artists themselves and who, you know, they, my, my dad doesn't work in music or, you know, he's not an actor and the same with my mom, but they both understand and empathize with the feeling of, like, being passionate about something artistically and knowing that that actually, you know, there's no shame in admitting that that's not directly related to something that you can study in school always. Um, so, 
I think that they were weirdly supportive of me leaving um, <laughs> because of that, because they thought it was actually a smart career move to leave. Some, um, and I think also just like being parents who care about their kid, they could tell I was unhappy mm. in school because I was letting my other, you know, my actual priority sort of, you know, slip a little as a result. Mm -hmm. And did you have a mentor, someone you guys talked to when you first formed Lawrence? Yeah, um, I mean, I think our parents have actually always been mm -hmm. mentor mentors to us, not in a like creepy, uh, like stage mom, stage dad way at all. It's just that they have really good taste. So we always kind of grew up like asking them for their artistic opinion. Um, my dad's like a complete music obsessed person. Oh, wow. And even though he's not a musician um, professionally, I always really valued his opinion um, on storytelling particularly because he's a writer. Um, but so I, I would say he's been somewhat of a mentor to us, um, which seems like so obvious, but also um, our first record was produced by Eric Krasnow, who is sort of this staple of the New York funk soul scene. Oh, wow. And he just really kind of introduced us to this whole community in New York, as well as just like musically really helped guide us in a direction that we were proud of. Um, and so I consider him to be like a musical mentor mm -hmm. as well. How did you find our manager or meet? Um, we found our manager, actually our manager came to a basement college party. <laughs> um, he wasn't in college, he was a, um, you know, a manager and he had heard through other people that there was this band you know at the time called the Clyde Lawrence band that had a really big following at this college Brown and he was just gonna be in Rhode Island and he had he had said like hey do you guys have any shows that you're playing this weekend because we always play these sort of like underground party shows in people's disgusting unsafe basements <laughs> and we were like we actually do so um, he came to one of those parties and kind of, everyone was like drunk and dancing and he was kind of in the corner like watching people's reactions <laughs> and watching us perform. And um, he's been our manager ever since then. Oh, wow. um, since Clyde was a senior in college and I was a senior in high school and came up to do that show in, in Rhode Island and he saw it and saw that people responded well to it and he responded well to it. So. It's kind of a funny, you know, it's not the classic story of like, I just happened to walk into a club and see this person and they, you know, you know, they became my artist and whatever. Um, but it's sort of similar in that like, the location isn't necessarily the most high profile uh, venue by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Can you describe what it was like when you performed at the barn within Iowa? Or? Oh yeah. In, um, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's such a uh, random thing that we had. Yeah, I mean, to say that I'm not like acquainted with farms is like an understatement. I like, don't fare well usually in those circumstances. I like, yeah, I am from New York. I've always lived in New York. I like hate camping and being 
around farm animals. I'm abs I'm like a terrible person probably, but um, no, I'm not the same. Yeah, I can't. It's like not really my go-to, but um, yeah, we ended up playing this gig for July 4th a few years ago, and they were like, it's gonna be sort of in the middle of, the of nowhere. There's not gonna be any service. You know, it's gonna be in a barn. We were like, okay, and you know, there's gonna be a ton of cows around, and I was like, okay. And then we got there, and it was like stunning. Like, it was truly Whoa. stunning. The other assumption is that, you know, if you're kind of playing in the middle of nowhere, like, who's gonna show up? But it was packed. What? It's, and so we kind of learned after the fact that it's this sort of secretive, but um, kind of club that a lot of people in that area and hours outside of that area of, of Makoketa, Makokota, Iowa, um, drive to because they bring in artists and they put on these amazing shows and it's just a beautiful, very scenic location. And uh, for us it was so fun because we don't get to do things like that so often. Mm -hmm. Most venues are not, yeah. you know, a that sounds cool. I, I want to go, you're like selling it so I hard. Know. I, like, oh, I, I can't believe that I'm the one selling a barn <laughs> gig to someone else. But the times are changing. Yeah. yeah. What else do you have coming up, like after the album? Are you putting out singles, EP? So, I mean, we've been gearing up for this album that was just released for like two years. So I think we're not going to put out new music necessarily for a little bit because this mm -hmm. is kind of the piece of work that we've been working towards for so long. Um, obviously, we'll start working on the next album pretty soon to be released in, you know, however long, but um, I don't think we're going to come out with new music but in the next year, but we definitely will continue to come out with like music videos and mm. content relating to the songs, maybe some behind the scenes stuff, um, and just kind of making Living Room a very like immersive experience. Um, I think that there's like, there's 13 songs in Living Room, I think, and um, there's so much to be said and uh, so many stories like behind each of the songs and behind the making of each of the songs. So we're definitely not done creating living room related content. Um, we're like huge mu music video nerds and fans. So. Yeah, like what are your inspirations behind your music videos? Yeah, I mean I think that our whole uh, music video goal is to like just tell stories of the songs in the most effective way, but also make it fun and interesting and feel like us. Are there, um, like, directors or movies that you're inspired by for the music videos? We really love um, the OK Go music videos. Oh, I mean, they're so incredible. Good. I'm sure that's, like, the most cliche answer. <laughs> but um, I think the idea of, like, having sort of a gimmick or, you know, a hook to a music video is a cool way to think about the art of like music videos you know like we just did a music video called probably for a song called probably up where the song is all about staying up all night and um we wrote where we did this music video where uh we literally stayed up all night and have footage filming us the entire night oh, wow. and there are no cuts but it's one continuous piece of footage that was actually, I think, over 12 hours, but was condensed um, through speeding up and slowing down mm. 
into a three minute video. So I think things like that, where it's like, it's not just the story, but there's also sort of this added layer of like a gimmick or a hook to the video that makes it, even if it's not actually going viral, just like sound like a viral idea, mm -hmm. um, which is so hard to actually pin down what that is. But just something that seems like fun and that you could pitch to someone um, that's kind of cool, not just for what the song is about, but for what the video is about too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, and OK Go is like the prime example yeah. of that. You know, like running on a treadmill or like, you know, they just have these like hooky ideas for videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What does love mean to you? What does love mean? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a, a profound one <laughs> that I'm grappling with. Um, I think it's, and this relates to music for me, it's all about um, being genuine. Um, I think that, like, there's a lot of, of songwriting that feels um, like maybe it is the encapsulation of what a perfect love song is because they use the word love or they you know in the song they say I love you and the hook of the song is I love you I love you I love you I love you but that doesn't necessarily resonate to me of my experiences of what love is it's not always that blatant or um, obvious um, sometimes it's a more convoluted but like incredibly present thing whether that be in a relationship or whether that be with your family you can hate someone but you can love them you can it's a little more complicated than that in my own experiences so I guess to me love is like finding that genuine uh, phrase or um, feeling and being able to express it properly through a song like if I'm able to capture like the genuine feeling of being in love or feeling loved or whatever like I don't think it will be a simple phrase I think it will be a feeling that through a song I'll hopefully be able to convey um, so I guess that's kind of yeah. my answer as and it's inherently tied to like art for me because that's like my main means of expressing myself like I'm probably more articulate <laughs> in the form of songwriting or performing than I am in like a conversation. Yeah. Oh, I love this. It's so cool. Thank yeah, you so thank much. You. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.